Hello and welcome to another episode of the Weird, Wacky and Wonderful Stories podcast with your hosts, Shelley and Bella. Hey everybody and welcome to episode 111 of the Weird, Wacky and Wonderful Stories podcast. Hi everybody. And believe it or not, this is also going to be our last episode, guys. Well, it's going to be our last episode, but it doesn't mean that we may not decide to come back at some other stage or with something a little bit different. For now, this is going to be the last one. Yeah, this is going to be the last one. Uh, to be honest with you, the show is, well, we've become a victim of our own success, really, because we <laughs> we have, uh, the show is built up to the point where it is taking so much of our time with, you know, reading the guests' books, if, if we interview a guest, liaising with the guest in terms of when we're going to when we're going to do the interview even if we're not with a guest it is researching what we're going to do for the show answering all of the social media stuff that we do then there's all of the production and the editing so we started up the buy a coffee campaign with a, with the hopes that we were going to be able to cut some of our working normal day job hours and the money that we get from buy a coffee we would have been able to afford to lose those hours with our normal working week and then put them into the podcast but as it is we've only had a few people donate to that which we appreciate we're going to have to close it down unfortunately we can't afford to keep it running and not only with time but with money as well so not really a victim of our own success <laughs> well not not a victim of the buy a coffee success and 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 you know you're not modest in any way oh we're a victim of our own success well no it's yeah. true because initially when we started this we started it just for us to have some fun with didn't we well yeah and we didn't expect it to to take over our lives the way it has done for the last four years Four years. Four years. Four years last month was oh, the wow. um, was the first time we actually put a show out. I didn't know we were that. Uh, we had that much longevity. We were that seasoned. Nine, <laughs> uh, so the second of September uh, last year. So it, uh, sorry, four years ago. So it's been four years and almost two months. Wow. Yes. So anyway, what we're going to do today? We have a lovely recording from Tom coming up uh remember our reminiscing with tom shows uh so tom actually messaged us a couple of weeks ago with a story of something that happened to him which is really interesting something i'm sure you guys are going to find really cool and it's actually quite fitting is it we're uh, having reminiscing with tom and then we're just going to reminisce aren't we about some of our old episodes yeah yeah and... we're going to just we're just going to look back at some of the shows that we've done not with clips but but just discuss them and also uh we also have ruth roper wild coming up later on ruth has been such an integral part of this show she was one of our first ever guests and she really brought 
some professionalism. <laughs> yeah, because that's certainly not us. <laughs> I think to the show. Um, and when we told her that we were finishing it, she gave us a lovely email saying that we've done well and we should be proud of ourselves and she understands that, you know, you've got to get on with your life and, and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, she totally totally got it and was has never been anything but supportive to us and, and we can't thank her enough. So it may well be that when she brings out her new book, We'll probably bring the show back to do an episode with her about her book, um, just because we think so much of her and of her work. So, yes, although we're finishing the podcast, stay tuned to our YouTube channel because that is where, if we have any extra episodes, we'll be posting them. So, really, we're ending, but with our prerogative to come back if we so if we if we if we feel like talking to people we'll come back <laughs> we're closing the door but we're not locking it yeah yeah so that's that's what's happening and you know at the end of the day it's our choice isn't it if it turns out that you know our work commitments drop then we might have time to continue in the podcast but i don't know that i'll be doing it for 4 years again without getting any you know real money back for it okay well now that we've had our little Whatever you want to call it, let's uh, move on. Yeah, well, obviously we started it, as I said, back in September 2017. You know, we started off, as as I said, we, we just, we were interested in doing something for us, weren't we? We, I spent a lot of time working away. Mm-hmm. You were working odd shifts as well. And we just didn't have the time to spend with each other. So we wanted some kind of activity that we could both do, and in the comfort of our own home, it wasn't reliant on, you know, weather or money or masses amounts of time, and that was why we started it. But we started it, the whole idea really was that we wanted to get people's ideas, which is why we called it We're Wacky Wonderful Stories podcast. We wanted to get their stories, things that had happened to them really throughout their life. Um, But... With iTunes, for those people that are thinking of of creating a podcast for themselves, when you submit a podcast to iTunes, you have to submit at least three episodes the first time so that iTunes are aware that you are, you know, you've got a catalogue of shows. So you have to give the first three episodes. So we had to record three episodes without getting any stories off of anybody, didn't we? Yep. And that was when we started looking at our stories and then started looking into other things that kind of wrapped around with the things that had happened to us and they turned out to be sort of paranormally type stuff didn't they well that's because that's where the interest lies really yeah but yeah we then turned into some paranormal podcast <laughs> yeah <laughs> but we kind of i think tried to bring it back towards the end didn't we well i mean you know we just you know we did shows that we were interested in Hopefully that would be interesting to listeners, but really that was the big thing. We wanted to do shows that, uh, you know, that were about things that we cared about, things that we liked. I mean, that was the whole point of doing something together so that we could kind of yeah, draw well, on that. One of the things that keeps coming up is that people were happy with our banter. And the way that we speak to each other. Mm, that's because they don't live with us. <laughs> no, yeah, right? Yeah, the neighbours love it too. <laughs> no, we're not, we, we don't really argue, do we? We have, no. we have banter, but we don't 
tend to argue as such. No. I can't even remember we the last argument We don't argue because you know I'm right, so you just... There's just no point. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, no, that's exactly right. Yeah, no, I've learned a long time ago. This is my second marriage round. <laughs> I learned the first time. You know, they say that, you know, if you get married, you know, first and then you get married again, the second marriage tends to be better than the first because the second marriage, you've learned all the shit you don't want to do in the first time round. Well, yeah, I guess. It's true. Yeah, I suppose. It, it, it teaches you what you are not willing to put up with. Hopefully, you can do your second pick a little bit better, but, you know. Hey, the third is going to be amazing. Oh, really? I'm joking, I'm joking. Remember I said we haven't had an argument for a while? Yeah. <laughs> so the way you're looking at me now. Um. Oh yeah, by the way, for the for the people that are watching this on YouTube, obviously this is an audio only one this time. Um and that's because um we had to start another month of paying for our video software that we use and um we weren't gonna do that if this was the last one. Yeah, and plus we just didn't want you to see us. Well, you're still in, in your pajamas. Yeah, exactly. You know yeah. hair everywhere. Nice. Disheveled. Well, at least I don't look old. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Yeah. The amount of people that have said, you know, that yeah, I Yeah, you look older than me. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> bastards. Um, yeah, so the guests that we have um, or that we've had on the show, uh, just going back, uh, looking at those, the first guest that we had, can you remember who, who our first guest was? Us. <laughs> Um, uh, was it, was it Penny Satori? Nope. Who was it? It was the guys from Spun. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. And they actually came to our house. Um, it seemed like that was, we'd already been doing it for a while, but I guess no. we were still doing the story. Yeah, bit they actually came to our house. Yeah, I remember that. And we had... We had to set up and we had to borrow microphone stands from <laughs> yeah. um, my parents who, who, you know, were in bands. This was like a jam session without the jam. <laughs> it was. And everyone had their own microphone and, yeah, it was it was nuts. So that was really cool. Um, then we had um, Reverend Lionel Fanthorpe. Oh, yeah. Who can forget him now? Love Reverend Lionel Fanthorpe. He's an amazing guy. Um, and then... Um, after that, we had, if you remember, um, the lady from the, um, she did a blog, the Haunted Haunted Housewife. Yeah, I remember With her. Rampu. Remember Rampu, yep. the lamp? Yep, yep, yeah, I do. I remember all I wonder that. how she's doing, actually. She's still doing her blog. Is she? Yeah, you have to look up the Haunted Housewife, wow. yeah, definitely. Yeah. That was a long time ago, gosh. Yeah. Um, was that really? Four years ago? Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. And then, of course, it was Ruth Roper Wild. Yeah, there she is. Yeah. <laughs> um, we had, we spoke to um, the guy who um, met Bigfoot, wrote the book the day oh, I met yeah. Bigfoot. Yeah, he got yeah. lost. Craig got, Durham. Got lost or something, wasn't Yeah, it? he was riding his bike, yep. if you remember. It wasn't yep. even his bike, it was his brother's bike that it he borrowed. It was two of them, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, him, him and, and his mate. Yep. Yeah. And, yeah. And they went riding out in California in one of the mountains, got lost and came across Bigfoot. And somewhere in the mountains, there is a Bigfoot with a backpack. 
yeah. that. Yeah, because it stole his backpack. <laughs> yeah. You're right. Yeah. Oh, that was amazing. And then we had uh, Marie D. Jones. Uh, another big one for us, wasn't yeah. she? Marie D. Jones, you know, you see her on, um, you know, the... Uh, the site... What? No, what's the um, Discovery channels Mufon, well yeah but you see her on discovery channels on on tv you know actually talking well, about i don't stuff know i know there, she so. was once on um ancient aliens, ancient aliens but, she yeah, was, yeah. but she was not pleased well she did tell us on there about the fact that on the show apparently this is what we're hearing but apparently obviously they pick and choose segments of what is said to fit with their narrative so they weren't necessarily even answering a question that it looks like they were answering when the when the yeah, answer yeah, is given yeah we get it so they yeah. did a lot of editing <laughs> yeah but she was speaking to us about the fema camps and men in black and yeah. all that sort of stuff so that was really cool um and then um we are oh, there's just so many to mention um we had andy mcgrath beast of britain i think he went on to do his own podcast didn't he yeah yeah he was talking about it if you remember when we were mm. chatting to him but yeah i believe he went on to do his own po- podcast we had the guys from lake avalon entertainment who yeah. um, were talking about what weird things have happened to them and and telling us about their lake avalon stuff and of course now they've got a Pretty good podcast of their own. Yeah, called The Adventures of Nichols and Spud, which I play a couple of parts on that, including one of the main characters called Ship, um, which, where I have to do a rather bad Scottish accent. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that's really good. You can catch that on all your favourite podcast apps, uh, The Adventures of Nichols and Spud. It's like a cartoon but in a podcast. Yeah, without the cartoon. <laughs> yeah, but the sound effects they put in it and everything is, is great, yeah. you know. And, of course, Heidi from uh, Lake Avalon Entertainment runs Angel Bot 3D, and she's the artist who did our amazing logo. Yep. So that's really cool. Um, and then we spoke to Dr. Penny Satori. Wow. Now, I really thought she was much earlier. N- well... She was uh, very interesting. That was a really cool podcast, actually. Yeah. What it, number was that? That one? was forty-five. Forty-five. Wow. So yeah. So uh, Dr. Penny Satori, for those people who haven't listened, uh, and please feel free to go back and have a listen uh, again on all your favorite podcast apps. Um, she actually did her um, master's, I think, or was no, it no, PhD. Was- PhD, thank mm. you. I couldn't think of the. I knew it was. I was thinking of PRI mm. for some reason. I don't even know what that is. Um, so PhD, yeah, she did her PhD on near death experiences. I mean, what a thing to do it on! But she actually, having worked as a as a nurse in the critical was care department, was she a nurse or was she a doctor? I can't. No, remember. she was a nurse in the critical mm. care departments, and she saw lots of people encountering the same sorts of things when they were near death. Um, and decided that it was worthy of study and used it for her PhD um, and has got, you know, lots of notoriety on that since, you know. I mean, she's she's really, um, really come on leaps and bounds with her... her um, research. Research, yeah. We then spoke to a lady, uh, if you remember, she was in Australia and her name was Harmony, I believe, and she had a haunting, which was a poltergeist haunting, and her child was involved. I remember, remember that? that, yep. 
That was another good one. It was, but do you know what? She she messaged me after that and said that since doing the episode, actually things had ramped up again, and she wondered whether she'd actually spark something off by talking about it openly. You oh, know. great. Well, that makes us feel good, doesn't it? Yeah, I did feel quite guilty, but I did actually apologise to her and said, you know, I hope that didn't, you know, I hope well, it wasn't yeah, anything. But, but um, We didn't twist her arm we found on, that as well. Yeah. We found that, haven't we? You know, since we've been talking about the stuff in our house, we have found that, that we've had quite a few experiences, haven't we? Mm. Yes. Um. Then we had... That makes you wonder if, if, if all of that stuff is, is some sort of thing in your subconscious that you're not aware of. It's like when you buy that, a new car. Uh, what? When you buy a new car. Whenever you buy a new car, when you're driving down the road, then you'll see loads of those oh, cars. Oh, yeah. But, no, but I'm just saying, like, is that some sort of weird, like, I don't even know what you want to call it, ability that everybody actually can do they just haven't tapped into it so when you start talking about it and you start opening your mind thinking about it and you know i just wonder if maybe you know you said earlier that we were closing the door but we weren't locking it so i'm wondering you know is that like somebody turning the handle a little bit on the door just trying to have Mm. a peek Mm. interesting that's for somebody else's podcast (laughs) yeah yeah um, we then spoke for the first time to um, Paul Sinclair. Oh, I uh, like Paul Sinclair. Paul Sinclair, for those people who, who don't know him, um, he is one of the UK's uh, biggest UFO researchers, active UFO researchers, not one of these armchair researchers that just sits at home you know, on their laptop, um, but actually gets out there and puts himself right in harm's way to try and bring you the information, to try and find out what's going on. Now, he's another one that, you know, when he comes out with Wolflands, which he's working on at the minute, I think it would be worth just having a chat with him anyway, just because, again, he's supported our show a lot, um, you know, and it would be good to... And he does have some books out now that he's had out for quite a while that are all really good reads, aren't they? Yeah, we've got a load of them up there. Yep. So, yeah, anybody that's interested in that sort of thing, he uh, is amazing. Dr. David Bedrick. Oh, I liked him. You liked him because he gave you therapy right <laughs> on there. <laughs> and he told you that you shouldn't mess with me. <laughs> yeah. He, he did tell me off, didn't he? Well, he didn't tell you off. He just... Uh, he was he was good. He was good. He was. I really enjoyed that whole interview. Yeah, that's what it was, wasn't it? Because I was saying that I wasn't sure whether your nightmares were to do with what you were watching. You know, mm-hmm. because you like watching the crime mm-hmm. stuff and the the true life, um, you know, crime reporting and forensics yep. and all that sort of stuff. And I said I didn't know whether that was um, you know making it worse for you. And I I kept telling you to stop, and he said no. She shouldn't stop. If that's what gives her joy, you know, if that's what she finds interesting, she should be doing that and you shouldn't mm-hmm. be telling her to stop. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Send you packing like a, yeah. like a little kid that got smacked by, the, by that, her teacher. But that was a really or interesting... His teacher, I should say. That was a really interesting show, that. It was, yeah. And and that, he's a good guy. He does a lot of work with people that... that Very really smart need. as well. Yeah. Lawyer. Yeah psychiatrist psychologist i can't remember but you know successful on many levels yeah definitely and a nice guy as well 
Um, then we had another guy who just made me feel like I was a Neanderthal. Um, he, um, yeah, I mean, I've never felt so stupid in someone's presence. Was uh, Really? Not even mine? <laughs> definitely not. Um, <laughs> Dr. Michael P. Masters. Yes. He was really, really interested. Uh, yeah. Or really interesting. I, I was quite nervous when we were going to speak to him because... I know that he's this professor and, and that he is a modern-day Indiana Jones. I mean, that was, you know, he goes out to sites and he looks at these digs and he, you know, he, he gets the stuff out and... He gets the stuff out. Not his stuff out. <laughs> not his stuff out. He gets stuff out of the ground and, and, you know, researches it and looks at it and all that sort of stuff. And and he had such a great theory. Yes, I remember that. not extraterrestrials, but extra-tempestrials. Because it was us in the future coming back to visit a- us in the past. Exactly. Aliens are actually us Tourists. evolved in the future that are coming back. <laughs> yeah, but what a great... Yeah. It was such an interesting conversation, that. Yeah, and, and, and again, that's one that people really... That was a really good one. Go back and listen to that because it'll get you thinking. Yeah, that like, was episode fifty. That yeah, one. yeah. We went through a spate, sort of between thirty and and about eighty, of of doing so many interviews. Um, we had uh, after Michael P. Masters, we spoke with Lyle Blackburn. Do you remember he was talking about Momo, the Missouri monster? Yeah, um, I do. I do remember that one as well. And, uh, yeah, I mean, Lyle Blackburn, you know, he's a filmmaker. You know, again, he's 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 right up there, you know. He's um, a, a famous guy. He's a musician as well. Um, and that was really interesting, that, that Momo stuff. Yeah. That's all you got to say on that. Okay, then, fair enough. Um, what? <laughs> you were messing with your phone, I know. Um, and then we spoke to uh, Mark Anthony Wyatt. Now, Mark, actually, um, he does a lot of work or, or wrote a lot about Cornwall. And uh, Cornwall is steeped in history in terms of smugglers and, um, you know, that's where Merlin and, and all that sort of, you know, those kind of fables and, and uh, not fables, what's the word? Um, folklore. <laughs> fables <laughs> yeah um but he spoke to us about um lots of different things going on in around cornwall with ghosts and ufos and everything fascinating again then of course we um had- oh, was that the one that we were having technical difficulties about and he was saying like about he communicating started, and he then started all talking of a sudden- about yeah <laughs> So he started talking oh, it's going to go wrong again now, didn't he he started talking about one of the um uh, like GCHQ centres that's in um, Devon or North Cornwall, I think it was. Yeah, and the minute we started talking about as soon that, as we did that, we, we lost connection. <laughs> and the same happened with Marie D. Jones. Yeah, she started talking to us about. Do you remember because her phone was getting hacked and she was having people um, saying to her, phoning her and saying, you know, I can see, I'm, I, you know, I we're, we're watching that. you and all that sort of stuff, and then told her what magazine was on her coffee table and stuff. Oh, I don't remember that. Yeah, and as she was telling us, it started breaking up. Yeah, yeah. Crazy. Um, yeah, then we had Richard Lenny came on and told who, us about his... Yes, who also became one of our part of our... Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, and used to uh, give us all of the uh, UFO goss that was going down, and most recently, a lot of the um, missing 411 information. Um, and and the binoculars with the night vision so you could see stuff. Yeah, yeah, really interesting, really interesting. But that episode that we spoke to him on, episode 53, that was about incidents that happened to him when he was younger that got him into all of this. Yeah. Uh, and he actually had missing time and everything. So, I mean, you know, there's quite a bit that went on there. I got missing time too. I go to bed and then all of a sudden I wake up and I'm like, oh, what the hell? Not the same? No. 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 Um, Nick Tyler, Haunted Yorkshire. Do you remember when we spoke to Nick Tyler? We got his book up there as well. Um, absolutely fascinating guy. Um, journalist. And um, he... He was telling us all about crazy hauntings. Um, there was a hotel, um, I believe, that he talked about in Yorkshire oh, that, that yeah. people would see but wasn't there anymore. And mm-hmm. Absolutely fascinating. Again, Nick Tyler, um, cracking book, Haunted Yorkshire. You need to get that if you can. And then a, a fellow Welshman, Mark Rees. Now, <laughs> how many laughs did we have with Mark Rees? Yeah, he was good. Mark Rees told us so many funny stories. Um, the story that we did with him on his uh, The Victorian Ghosts, that mm-hmm. was hysterical. Yeah. Um, the way they re- used to report ghostly activities back then was, was just fantastic. Um, what else have we got? Um, we, we put some really... We put some really weird uh, um, titles for our podcast out. I'm just looking at this in a minute. Fun time with Bella's sisters. Do you remember what that was about? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then the week after uh, was the revenge of Shelley's bros. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I remember that one. Mm-hmm. Um, Paul Humphreys did not have anything to do with family. Just saying. No. No. Paul Humphreys, do you remember Paul Humphreys, the psychic who yep. came on, psychic medium? He was fantastic. Um, never done an interview before. Um, was a little bit concerned about um, doing an interview. And he nailed it. And he flipping nailed it. Absolutely <laughs> brilliant. We have had so many good comments about that, um, about that episode and about how, you know, he, they liked the way that he was, uh, you know, used his moral compass within the psychic readings that he did. You know, so that was that was really cool. Um, and then Lucy Pringle, we spoke to about with uh, crop circles. Oh yes, I do remember that. That's another book that we've got that's in in eyesight for us. That, yeah, yeah. Um, Jody Long spoke to us about the uh, NDE Research Foundation um, that she that founded. Was was that her and her husband, or was it just her? That was just her. The one you're thinking about is is another one coming oh, up. Oh, sorry. But um, yeah, um, she was the webmaster, author, and researcher behind NDERF, um, which is the Near Death Experience um, Research Foundation, um, and they collect uh, NDE experiences and accounts from people from all over the world, and it has loads and loads and loads of accounts i mean we're talking hundreds of thousands i believe um just amazing the kind of work that they do so um that was that was really really interesting um what else did we have um 
we did one on Somerton Man. Do you remember that? Yeah, that was that was I do. And not that long ago I actually um read an article because the last thing that we kinda heard about was DNA. Um and I read an article about that not that long ago. No no real further news, but it's just funny how that is still being kicked around a bit, you know, like trying to figure out who he they, was. Weren't they trying to find out whether he was related to someone you, who's alive now or something? Yeah. And yeah. did that come to fruition or not? I don't think it has yet, um, but something that's still in the pipeline, I think. But right. it was just recently that that I heard, you know, heard about it again. Hmm. Um, we spoke to a wrestler turned UFO hunter, Donnie Brook. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> Donnie has, has lots of um, lots of experiences and, and was really, really um, knowledgeable on, um, on a lot of UFO research and that sort of stuff and kind of what the government's up to and um, some of the conspiracies around it as well. Very knowledgeable chap. Um, Philip Jackson from uh originally from the uk now in japan spoke to him about hidden paths uh, was yeah. the first time we spoke to him which yeah, was, I was his, say, his book. we spoke to him twice didn't we yeah yeah that was absolutely amazing and really cool he did some he sort of tours in and that as well. or something now or yeah uh walking kyoto yeah that's was, it yeah um so yeah um and then we've got um lee austin now this guy totally um totally flummoxed me lee austin was the guy we spoke about flat earth theory um and i had so many ideas of of things that i was going to try and counter him with because it's not something i disagree with the guy totally floored me i mean i i came across like a a babbling idiot well i mean it, it it was one of the topics that we really sort of weren't sure if we should actually go there initially um but then we decided to go ahead and give it a go well because the thing is though there are still so many people who either think the world is flat or um that you know they they're able to go oh wait maybe i need to meet need to look into that you know you've got somebody who just says no the earth is round and that's although it's not round actually is it it's not actually round it's isn't it sort of spherical more like an egg or is it actually round well it's it's more or less round it's it's more round than more it's more round than egg like well yeah no i know that but it isn't actually round round is it shut up (laughs) well it is it's a globe so yeah yeah, it is round, I would say. Well, it's not straight up and down. Well, no, because that would be flat. <laughs> That's not what I meant. Right, anyway, let, you're, you're, you're now appearing like I was appearing to him. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think the thing is, is that, yes, it was something that we really battled with. Were we going to do that or not? And And I had so many people, like friends, saying to me, I probably wouldn't if I were you because there's algorithms on YouTube that will block you, you know, and and kill your channel. Well, you know, I if found you... out that I actually knew quite well some people who actually 
do think that the world is flat. And one person that I worked with at the time who actually sat there and explained everything and had me come home and I was going, well, that's interesting, you yeah. know? I think the thing is we touched on so many subjects on here, whether you're talking ghosts, whether you're talking aliens, whether you're talking men in black, whether you're talking about black-eyed kids, you know, uh, psychics, mediums, you know, anything. People could call fringe. People could say that they don't believe in it. So I I didn't think in the end that it was for us to draw the line and say, well, actually, no, I'm not prepared to... Do you know what I mean? Because the whole point of the show, as it turned out, was to give people their voice. Yeah. So, um, yeah, anyway, um, that was that was really interesting. So that was a Morning Star's Tale, actually, was with Lee Austin. That was his book, Morning Star's Tale. Um, then we had uh, a guy who turned out to be a really close friend of ours. Uh, his name is Phil Jones. Uh, he lives local to us. Um, and he is a paranormal researcher. Um, he's actually not very well at the moment. Um, if you look at our Facebook, um, you'll see that we've shared uh, a post recently because there's uh, a fundraising campaign to try and try and get him some money. Uh, I'm not going to go into the details of what happened, uh, but he uh, he became very ill very quickly, unexpectedly, um, and we're just wishing him we're wishing him all the best and just sending him all our love uh, and hoping that he pulls through it. Um, we then started um, going with the reminiscing with Tom stuff. We gave Tom um, the opportunity to start telling some of his stories. You know, Tom is a listener um, originally from um, the southern states in America. Um, uh and he's in Germany now. He's now in Berlin, yeah. And he contacted us because he listens to our show. Um, and, you know, we became really good friends with him. And he had loads of stories to tell. And we ended up saying to him, you know, why don't you, if you want to, record your stories and we will give you your own show. And that's what we did. Um, and it was, it was amazing. Um, and he's going to be ending it with us today isn't he i don't know about ending it but he's coming up later on in the show yes yeah yeah, you know what i mean yeah he's got an interesting story to tell yeah really good yeah um and then we got an episode here called bulletproof boobies and i can't even remember what that was about (laughs) um yeah uh i do a woman had a breast implant and oh she got they saved her from getting from dying when she got shot that's right yep that's right. That was amazing. Um, the one that you were thinking about was Bruce and Daniela Fenton, and they did a book called Exogenesis Hybrid Humans, um, and we spoke to them about their book. Um, and that was that looked into scientific evidence that supports the belief that Earth has actually been visited in prehistory, but goes even further, concluding that there's also compelling evidence of alien involvement within the human genome. Uh, that was absolutely amazing, mind-blowing. Again, we've spoken to so many people across this yeah. journey that have just totally opened up our minds. 
when we started getting all of these stories or when we started learning all of this, I thought that probably in a couple of months we'd have it licked and we'll have nothing else to talk about. And yet there's all of these new theories coming out all of the time. I had a chat with, or not a chat with, I commented on a, on a Facebook post this morning while sat on the loo. Um, nice. That's where I do a lot on my Facebook um, commenting and stuff. So now everybody knows that Doesn't if matter. you Don't reply, care. you're probably sitting on the toilet taking a shit. Don't care. <laughs> but David Pettibone messaged me earlier. I replied to him while I was on the loo as well. Nice. That's fine. I mean, he probably does the same. You know, it's what people do. I saw a meme today. Yeah, but today. you've just put it out to the flipping world. Yeah, I, well, <laughs> it is. Um, so, um, yeah, I saw a meme earlier on today. I can't remember exactly what it was, but it, it, it was something you put up in the bathroom and it says, this is not an internet cafe. Shit and scoot. <laughs> <laughs> so but I, I, so I, I can't be the only person that does it. Um but uh, I can't even remember what I was talking about now. Um, oh yes, I mean... yeah. No, I was no, I was talking about um, some of the stuff that we've learned, and we've learned a lot of it through doing the research, even for our own shows. So yeah. the, the someone put up on Facebook something along the lines of, um, you know, what? Um, why is it that my dog always goes crazy at four thirty when they know my husband's coming home from work? And do you remember we looked into that? Yeah, and. It actually, and I replied on this Facebook post because they one of the most popular theories is that dogs use or, or get an idea of time because of smell. So in other words, let's say, for instance, that uh, you leave for work in the morning at 9 o'clock every day. When you leave the house, the smell of you, your smell, will decay over time. And then when you're due to return the dogs remember the amount of smell that was left by the time you returned. So tomorrow, when it starts getting to that level of decay again, when there's not much smell left of you, they can then say, oh, he's going to be coming back in a minute now because it smells the same as it did yesterday when he was due to come back. And don't you think it's amazing that an animal that can do that with its nose sniffs another dog's butt? What the hell? I know. I mean... It can't smell good. But maybe, see, they've got a lot more receptors in their nose than what we have, olfactory sensors. My point. So it may be that we're missing out on the sweet smell. There might be. You don't know. Okay. Yeah, that stumped you, didn't it? Um, Well, I was just thinking if you want me to shit in front of you so we can see if... No, not a dog. Okay, keep it to yourself, right? I said dogs. But you could be missing out on something really good. There's just too many answers to that. There are there are sick people. I shouldn't say sick people. There are people that go in for that kind of thing sexually. Okay, then not me. What was our next one? Keep it in your pants. Um, episode in the toilet. Episode eighty one. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Episode 81, we did live stream for a cure. Remember that? Yeah. Yeah. We got together um, with... Did we do that once or did we do that twice? We did it once, I think. Oh. Yeah. But um, that was that was, that was was really good fun, that. And, um, yeah, uh, thanks to our listeners, we raised some great money along the way as well. So that was, that was really cool. Um, 
Andrew Dexter we spoke to about. Do you remember Andrew Dexter? He um, was telling us about a hotel in South Wales that he grew up in as a family, um, and it became a hotel. And then um, there's loads of hauntings and everything going on there. He told us some great stuff about that. That was well. There's nothing better than a haunted hotel, is there? No, no. Um, we uh, let's let's have a look. What else we got here? Uh, Preston Dennett. He spoke to us about UFOs at the drive-in. That <laughs> yeah. was nuts. That that UFOs have actually been seen by loads of people at a time. People, all the people watching the movie have seen a UFO coming down, and in one circumstance, everyone left the drive-in and followed the UFOs down the road, and there was a convoy of cars all following these UFOs. Amazing. They obviously didn't catch them, or they'd have made a movie about that. Well, they did, Independence Day. <laughs> yeah. Um, Paul Sinclair again. We spoke to again about night people. That was amazing. Um, what else have we got on here? If I if I forget anybody, I'm really sorry because I'm literally just scrolling scrolling through. Mister Black told us about the um, the fortifications, mm-hmm. the hill forts in yep. in Scotland and everything that. He was able to use. I, I'm. I'm not even going to attempt to actually uh, describe his theory. You need to listen to the show if you haven't already. But he was able to date the dinosaurs and different parts of, of you know through time using an asteroids or something that were around. I, the, I'm going to get it all wrong. You need to listen to it. And the, guy, the best part about that and probably one of the most interesting things that have has stuck in my head was rings around earth yeah we had rings around <laughs> earth like saturn and and, and yeah amazing absolutely amazing and do you know what he actually there was a scientific paper released i think a couple of months after um that show and it actually Prove, uh, provided evidence that his theory is actually correct. Hmm. Um, yeah, absolutely brilliant. You, you you should have a listen to that. I'm not even going to attempt to try and describe it. We I'll had some it. recent contact with Mr. Black, and um, he is doing well, so that's good to know. Yes, yeah, that's right. Episode 98, if you unscrew your belly button, your butt will fall off. <laughs> you can't even describe that one. It's yeah. like, whatever. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> we've got some crazy ones on there. Um, but anyway, the journey has been amazing, and it's been amazing thanks to the wonderful guests that we've had on the show. As I say, if you're listening to the show and you were a guest on it and we haven't mentioned you, uh, I apologise. Uh, Brandy Scalache. Uh, yeah, yep. that was a really Brandy good Scalache one. Brandy as well. That was really cool. Um, that We've... Yeah, uh, it, we have learned so much and we've had so much fun along the way. And, you know, we thank all of our listeners and everyone who contributed to the show. Uh, everybody who gave some kind of contribution wasn't a small contribution. It's all been an amazing journey. And uh, we are definitely both sorry that this is coming to an end, but it's coming to an end out of necessity, unfortunately. But as I say, if we find the time to do the odd little episodes, then they will be put up on our YouTube channel uh, because it doesn't cost anything to keep that running, basically. (laughs) Yeah. 
I am going to leave you now with uh, something from Tom Williams. He is going to tell you an, a really cool story about black-eyed kids. Well, not about black-eyed kids, about black-eyed Tom. Hello, everyone. Tom here. I have a short but strange story to tell you. I've only heard of black-eyed kids within the last several years. And before that, a strange occurrence happened to me, but I'm happy it was only that once. As I sat on the edge of my bed one evening, I knew I had forgotten to brush my teeth. So as I walked into the bathroom and switched on the light, to my shock, I saw myself looking back in the mirror with totally black eyes. Not one bit of white could be seen. Dumbfounded at thinking I was having a stroke, possibly, I drove to the nearest emergency room and I explained to the nurse receptionist my condition. But oddly enough, she said I looked normal. I went through several tests, but the doctor couldn't find any reason for me to be concerned. My eyes had apparently cleared as I drove to the emergency room. So you see, not only are there black-eyed kids, there was also at least one black-eyed adult. Hmm. Oh, and you know, I don't remember if I brushed my teeth that night or not. And maybe I have the answer to the black-eyed kids. When they show up on your doorstep, it could be that they only want to come in and brush their teeth. Sincerely, Tom. That was amazing. I love that. Do you know what? Do you remember when we did that show where we were talking about if you look in front of the mirror mm-hmm. in a slightly darkened room and you stare at your face, your face will change? Do you remember that? Yeah, I remember. I did that about a week or two ago, stood in the bathroom at night, and I was just, I couldn't sleep. And I stood in the bathroom, and, and it was really, and there was a light from like a street light outside with this door open and nothing on in the bathroom. Um, and I just st- stood and stared at my face, and it is freaky. It, uh, yeah, uh, I don't even know what to say. Why would you, if you can't sleep, why would you go and try to do something like that? That's going to, like, I was, make you even more freaked out. Do you know what? I, initially, I looked in the mirror, and I thought I saw something on my face. So I, I looked a little bit more, and I didn't want to turn the light on, because it makes a noise when you pull that thing, and I didn't want to wake you up. And... Uh, so initially I started looking at that and then I started to see my <laughs> face sort of change. I started to see my face sort of change and, and that's why I stayed there. Oh, oh God, go on. <laughs> She's off. <laughs> it makes a noise when you pull that thing, is it? <laughs> yeah, when you pull the cord. <laughs> that's better. <laughs> I make a noise when you pull that thing. Um, yes, okay. Oh Thank God. you. Lower the tone again. You can always rely on Bella to lower the tone. <laughs> oh, God. Anyway. Yes. Well, we will leave you now, but we are going to leave you um, with uh, Ruth Roper Wild. Uh, she's going to close our show for us. Uh, she's been absolutely amazing, as I said. Can't fault the lady. Um, she is has always been there supporting our show. Um, she's got some amazing books out there. Um, do take a read of them if you can, um, and show her all the love you can. Follow her on all the social media. Um, 
channels that are out there because she's always posting good content. Um, and so from us for the final time, please remember to stay weird, weird wacky, wacky and wonderful. wonderful. Hi, everyone. Well, the sad news is now broken. The cat is out of the bag. The end is nigh, etc. I'm sure you'll be feeling as sad as I am that Weird, Wacky, Wonderful are closing their doors, for now anyway. They were one of the very first podcasters to contact me when I started my journey as an independent author. And I've joined them on so many shows since then as the main guest, and then also done this run of monthly slots for the last year or so. Shelley and Bella have become good friends over that time, even though that pesky pandemic scuppered our plans to actually meet up in person. Their podcasts always get such great reviews... And it really is the end of an era to see such excellent work have to come to an end. Unfortunately, though, life has a habit of getting in the way. Mortgages and bills still have to be paid. And there are very, very few people in the creative world who can actually make a living out of these activities. They have to be fitted in during spare time and around the daily grind. And of course, over time, that can become very difficult. I've been very fortunate because I was able to take partial early retirement So I have a couple of days earnings, plus the pension, plus the book earnings to enable me to spend time on research and so on for the writing. It's not so easy for young whippersnappers like Shelley and Bella, who are still needed in full-time jobs. So we bid them farewell with heavy hearts, but at the same time thank them genuinely for all the laughter and interesting topics along the way. Their chemistry as a husband and wife duo and their banter on the podcasts have made them firm favourites for so many listeners and I'm proud to have shared a tiny part of their journey. So, for my final shot slot for Weird, Wacky, Wonderful, I've chosen to read from an email sent to me recently. My correspondent was an archivist by trade, and so he writes in a style which stands alone without much input from me. <laughs> the writer's dream. He sent me this in September this year, and it is a fascinating little snippet of an encounter with the paranormal. Here goes. My wife and I visited Stokesay Castle in Shropshire on the 22nd of May 2015. It was early afternoon on a warm spring day, with some cloud, but generally was bright and sunny. There were probably about 30 or so other visitors to this English heritage property. The name is, in fact, something of a misnomer. The property is not so much a castle as a manor house with defences, including a stone tower at the south end. Most of the structures were built between 1285 and 1305, including the tower. At some point, my wife and I separated, probably as I was keen to investigate every nook and cranny of this truly stunning survival. The hall in particular fascinated me because it was where the the manorial courts would have been held from the time the place was built, probably well into the 18th century. As an archivist, I have catalogued more than my share of manorial court rolls and copies of court roll transferring property of the tenants of the manor from one person to another, a tenure known as copyhold, which was only abolished in the 1920s. So I was trying to piece together in my mind how a court session would have looked through the ages. Sadly, I have no sensitivity whatsoever to the paranormal, but my imagination can work when I force it to. My wife, meantime, found herself in the South Tower. She was on the first floor, staring out of one of the windows, overlooking a valley which, at the time of the year, was an explosion of a hundred shades of green. She was not thinking of anything particular, 
just enjoying the moment. The tower only has one way in and out, at first floor level, though stairs next to this entrance run down to the ground floor and up to the second floor. As she was staring out of the window, my wife became aware of someone entering the tower behind her and to her left. At first she heard quick footsteps and she turned towards them. She then saw the head and shoulders of a man with dirty grey, silvery sort of grey, head covering which she presumed was a helmet. She could not see hair, so unconsciously assumed it must be short and covered by the helmet. He was wearing a beige-coloured shirt and she got a flash of orange from somewhere about his person, though she cannot now remember where, because almost as soon as she became aware of him he disappeared, although she did then hear retreating footsteps. These footsteps were both heavy and quick. The visual element of this encounter lasted only two or three seconds, the footsteps a few seconds more. My wife had at first assumed this person was me, but I was wearing a navy blue shirt and had no head covering, my hair being brown, not grey. I was also wearing sandals, and she said that the footsteps sounded more like someone wearing boots. Finally, there was no way someone could have quickly walked out of the tower without my wife seeing him leave as he had quite a few yards to cover to reach the entrance or internal stairways. She does not say she saw a ghost, simply that she saw something she does not understand. To me, given that this took place in the stone-built tower, this experience has all the ha- hallmarks of a stone tape experience. Being a history professional, I did due diligence and discovered that the English Civil War had an impact on Stokesay Castle. Towards the end of the First Civil War, in February 1645, parliamentary troops entered Shropshire, which was largely for the King, and took Shrewsbury. In June that year, 800 men were sent to besiege Ludlow, and as part of these operations, it was thought advisable to capture Stokesay, which had a small royalist garrison. This garrison refused to surrender, and the parliamentary troops prepared to storm it, It then had a defensive wall around it, which was subsequently partially pulled down. As the rules of war demanded the attackers send a final demand to surrender, and if the defenders still refused, and the castle fell, these same rules allowed for the defenders to be massacred, and the place looted, as infamously happened at both Wexford and Drogheda a few years later. Honour having been satisfied, the garrison, outnumbered and poorly provisioned, duly surrendered. It seems very unlikely that any fighting, still less any deaths, took place. A few weeks later, royalists tried to recapture Stokesay, and a sharp skirmish took place nearby at Wistonstow, though this time the castle was not approached and did not change hands. If my wife did indeed see a replay of a moment in time from the deep past, My feeling is that she saw someone, perhaps the garrison commander, or at least one of the officers, from 1645. Although no fighting occurred at the castle, the garrison cannot have known ahead of time that a bloodless outcome would be the result, and tension and fear must have been high. One can imagine an officer going from place to place to check the defences as the enemy drew near and looking out of the tower windows to see if he could catch a dreaded glimpse of the sun on pike points or helmets. 
The figure's beige shirt might actually have been a buff coat, a coat of leather which give, gave basic protection against sword slashes and was usually worn by cavalry, although infantry officers may also often have worn one too, having the money to purchase one. Ordinary infantrymen simply wore a normal coat, both in battle and, and, and otherwise. Both cavalry and pikemen, though not musketeers, would usually have worn a cuirass, which is a back and a breastplate. The glimpse of orange might have been a sash. Troops in that conflict wore identical clothing and armour on both sides, except for the colour of the coats and trousers, regiments being known as blue coats or white coats because of the colour of their basic uniform. The way the sides identified each other was by sashes of different colours. At the Battle of Edge Hill in 1642, for example, the Royalists wore red sashes and the Parliamentarians orange tawny coloured sashes. The lack of long hair and flash of orange might identify this man as a parliamentary officer, perhaps from June 1645, when the Royalists were drawing near to retake Stokesy. My wife identified the head covering as resembling a helmet of the Civil War period, without any face guard, which would again suggest an infantry officer rather than a cavalryman. If the stone tape theory is correct, I wonder if what it is that actually triggered is a vision, or even hallucination, only in the mind of the beholder, and whether that person's brain chemistry is susceptible to such things, rather than something in the air itself. Sadly, I cannot say because my wife was alone at the time of the experience. What I can say is that the incident was no, in no way creepy or alarming, just puzzling. She was in a light, airy place in the middle of the day, with other people around, just not in that particular space at that moment. And another thing I can say is that, as someone deeply interested in the past, I envy her. Isn't that a fascinating account? I chose to share it with you now partly because it won't fit into the book I'm currently researching for, which is the long-awaited follow-up to the roadmap of British ghosts and features ghosts that haunt highways and byways rather than actual buildings, but partly because it showcases for me what I love best about my research into the paranormal. It can happen any t anywhere, anytime, in broad daylight. You don't have to be somewhere spooky in the middle of the night. You could just be doing your normal daily activities or a normal day out. And finally... It would be remiss of me not to remind you one last time where you can see my work or engage with me. I have a Facebook page, Pinterest page, LinkedIn and Twitter, all in the name of Ruth Roper Wild. You can find my books primarily on Amazon, both as paper book, paperback and ebook, and they are available worldwide. If you have a Kindle Unlimited subscription, you can even read them all for free. There are also a lot of other online bookstores that stock them or you can order them from your library if your library is linked to the Amazon distribution. My books are The Ghosts of Marston Vale, The Almanac of British Ghosts, The Roadmap of British Ghosts, These Haunted Times Volume 1, and These Haunted Times Volume 2. And I'm currently researching and writing book number six, which will be The Roadmap of British Ghosts Volume 2. It probably won't be out for a few months yet. You can also find me on a lot of other podcasts, radio shows and newspaper articles. Just Google and take your pick. And if you want to share your story with me, please, please do on my email address, which is wa-1400 at outlook.com. For now then, goodbye all. 
and a fond farewell. Stay in touch. See you soon. To Shelley and Bella. Take care all.